Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Jordan Rudolph, the founder of Unity Fitness and the host of the Community Fitness Podcast. And today we are joined uh, by two experts in their own rights, uh, by Chris Board, a longevity expert and Yes Fitness owner, and then Suzanne, uh, who is the registered dietitian, uh, fitness expert, and also co-owner of Forward Fitness uh, down in Missouri. Uh, we are here in number, episode number 79, and we are talking microbiome and the gut microbiome and everything that there is to know about it. So basically, Chris and I are going to be asking Suzanne a bunch of questions, uh, but we'll chime in on what we know when we can, and we're just going to go from there. So guys, first and foremost, thanks for joining the show. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Jordan. I'm excited. Thanks for having me on again, Jordan. I'm pumped. We always yeah. have good talks. This is, uh, this is uh, Chris and I have been doing this. This is our third charm. So Suzanne, yep. welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. So cool. Well, we're here. Um, Suzanne, we kind of know a little bit about Chris. We've, we've done a couple episodes together, but why don't, we, why don't we just get to know you a little bit? Tell us who you are um, and what we're going to be talking about today. Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm a registered dietitian. I graduated from the University of Missouri um, with a bachelor's in medical dietetics. I worked in a hospital for about a year. I knew that really wasn't where I wanted to end up, but you kind of have to put in your time at a hospital as a dietitian to get that experience. And then I moved more into the gym study and I know I really wanted to focus on just health, um, disease prevention, um, helping people reach their goals. So I've, you know, focused a lot of my continuing education on those sorts of things. Um, and then just as a, a thing, I also compete in obstacle course racing as something I'm really passionate about. So making sure my nutrition and that also support my um, training. Big competitor in OCR, by the way. It's one of my passions. I like get so excited about it. Yeah. Obviously we're in kind of a bummer right now. I don't know. Um, I think we were all going to do the May 30th one together. And I think that's probably going to be uh, canceled now as well, if it's not already. I think I just read today that they canceled through May. Oh. Yep. I guess that's where we're at. So cool. Listen, you, know, uh, you know, I've been training for the Master Olympics, right? The Master Games. It was supposed to happen on the 16th. So they just, this is a little diversion here, but so they just put it off until October 17th, which might seem like a great thing. So I have another six months to train. I don't know how excited I am about that. But that is the Saturday after the Mastermind. So I might be walking off a red eye and, and walking right to the track to compete. So I don't know how well that's going to work out, but it's disappointing for everybody. These, these, you know, in these cancellations and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's but, but it's uh it's going to be a pretty cool story when you can say you hopped off that red eye and whoop some butt when you do that. Whoop some butt in that 50 meters. I think I got a shot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's get to it, guys. We've got some we got some microbiome stuff to to cover. I think I for, I was first really introduced to it when I did the Precision Nutrition um, Level Two course. I think they spent like a whole month on it, and they they gave me a bunch of um, they they had their curriculum that you follow each day and uh, and build through their coursework. But they also had a ton of external links that I could follow with research and and everything that's going on. And I I, I went all in, like I got super intrigued by it. And obviously we get busy with our lives and we kind of have a thousand other things to focus on, especially with nutrition, but um, pretty important topic. Uh, Chris, longevity guy, I know you're, you're going to talk a little bit about it too, but what's kind of the initial stuff, Suzanne, what do we, what do we, what is the gut microbiome? You can just start with that. Sure. So it's basically, um, 
the, the genome of all of the microbes that are like on or in our body. Um, and when I say microbes, I mean things like bacteria, mostly bacteria. And as a side note, not all bacteria are bad. Um, there are quite a bit of good bacteria. And then we have like viruses, fungi, protozoa. So all of those um, microbes make up our microbiome. And we have like over a hundred trillion, uh, which is to me just astronomical, the amount. And most of them are located in our gut. Um, and we have this really cool, uh, like mutual beneficial relationship between our microbiome. So we provide food for them and then they help our body function. That's interesting. And then, so that would mean then we provide food for them. So there's probably benefits to certain types of food and then probably setbacks to not good food. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to dive into the food that's good now or kind of hold off we can we can talk to that we can we can oh gosh i don't know i was just kind of looking at the curriculum here too um let's just go into it now let's let's talk let's about just get into food. it let's yeah, just let's do talk it about how food, yeah, yeah. I'm Chris. let's just talk about how food affects it yep okay so um our microbiome loves to eat um basically they're called max so they're um microbiotic accessible carbohydrates and these, for the most part, are carbohydrates that we can't digest. So it's not like they're taking away food from us. When we're eating, um, like, our fruits and vegetables, our produce, those are all things that can feed our microbiome. So if you think of, like, fiber is a big thing. Um, then we also have, what else, um, like, if we're breaking down the fruits and vegetable portions, there's things like, uh, inulin and pectin, those are two things that our microbiome really enjoys eating. And then we have um, other like oligosaccharides that you find in um, like beans, whole grains, and just your general fr fruits and vegetables that your microbiome really likes eating. And then we have some other things that our micro that our microbiota can't digest and we can't digest and those are that's like things like cellulose so um if you think of like celery parts of plants those kinds of things interesting so it sounds like there's different types of foods good foods like we just talked about like you just kind of went over the good food stuff and what it does mm -hmm. um and basically when we talk about like saccharides that's kind of like what uh can we say like that? Is that what carbohydrates are kind of broken down into in the body, like glycogen and then those type of pieces like that? Yep. So we have monosaccharides, disaccharides, polysaccharides, oligosaccharides. And our mono and our disaccharides, those are going to be like the, the sugars. And then the polysaccharides, those are like multiple connections of our monosaccharides. And some of those are like your more like starchy carbohydrates, like your potatoes, those kinds of things. And then we have like our non-starchy polysaccharides. And the non-starchy polysaccharides are going to be things that um, our microbiome enjoys. <laughs> and and enjoys, then, so it create. Sorry, it, when you say enjoys, <laughs> like it craves them too. Like it, 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 it crave them. Can I crave them? So, I mean, yeah, it, it, your microbiome wants to eat certain food, and if it can't eat it, then it's going to start um, basically eating the mucus lining of our gut to get those, uh, those carbohydrates. 
Smart. And if they eat too much mucus lining of our gut, what happens? That is not good because if you think of our intestinal lining, we have like all these cells. Um, and if you think of it like a, um, like a shower, we have tiles and grout, right? And the grout are the proteins that kind of make it a nice solid structure. And when the mucus is eaten, it's degrading the, the integrity of that wall. So uh, there's going to be like leak throughs and that's not good. <laughs> yeah, it sounds not good. Yeah. No. So as I, as you guys, we talked about like bacteria, there are good bacteria, but there is bad bacteria that is in our gut, but the good outweighs the bad and it's kind of controlling it and keeping it in check. So when we have these like uh, openings or, you know, in our gut, we have the opportunity for those back bacteria to get out. When we think of just like we're, we're, we're learning about the microbiome and, and what the kind of gut flourishes off of right now or not flour doesn't flourish off of, um, what, like, if we can just give it like a, a, a reason of why it's important to us, what, why is the microbiome important? Why should be we worried about this stuff? Sure. So the microbiome can affect so many different aspects. Like our immune system is a huge thing. Um, it affects our mood. It affects um, inflammation in our body. It affects um, like how we age. I know, Chris, that's a big one for you. It's a big um, one. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it really affects like almost every aspect of our health. So we're thinking about it like it, it's a, it, it, it affects every aspect of our health. It's probably something that we, we should probably take care of. Um, but if we take care of ourselves in general, that should, the, the, the gut microbiome should essentially get better with how we take care of ourselves. So it might be a representation of how we take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, which I think is really cool. Like if you eat healthy, you're going to be supporting your microbiota, which in turn is going to support you. So it's kind of this like give and take. So if you have a poor microbiome now and you improve your nutrition, you can improve your microbiome and your health. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. That's really cool. Our microbiome is changing and our diet has a huge impact on it. If we're giving, um, our microbiota, the the back or the food that it wants, it's going to stay in there. It's going to flourish. But if we're not giving it the food that it wants, then that's when we're going to have issues with the gut. And I, I think I learned too where everybody's microbiome is microbiome is almost like a fingerprint. Like everybody's is a little different because it represents like different things that's happened throughout their entire life, right? So um, with that affecting everybody differently. That's where, like, in my mind, I see it as like, some people don't respond well, like there's no one diet or no one um, exercise or benefit of something that works with one person that works with everybody because the, the, the gut microbiome is completely off. Yes, Jordan, like that is like the nail on the head. Everybody's microbiome is different. Um, twins have different microbiomes, like it. So it's really cool. And I think um, that's where you can really see maybe in the future, there's going to be some really tailored ways to help people once they know what your microbiome looks like. Are there, is there any way now that anyone can try to figure that out a little bit or what's good for oh, them yeah. or what's not bad for them? So like right now, um, you can do like trial and error, 
error. Like if you want to test out different foods and just see how your body reacts. Like mm -hmm. if I am eating like these vegetables and adding these things in, like how do I feel? And um, there are like studies going on. Like there's the um, like American Microbiome Project where you can actually send in like a fecal sample and they will figure out your uh, gut microbiome for a cost. So yeah, there are options to actually get that figured out. Yeah, you you have to do it through like your fecal matter, right? Like you have to do yeah, it through, you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how you test it. Yeah, <laughs> I know there was like stuff like that too, where they where they were experimenting with um, with like implanting. I think they did it on rats. I don't think anybody in person did it yet, but they were like um, implanting other like they were using fecal matter from other rats to cure other rats through mm -hmm. through, through through this stuff. And they've, act, they've actually done it with humans. Oh, um, okay. So wow. they've done it with um, people who've had uh, like C. diff. So if you're in the hospital, your um, chances of getting C. diff like go high up. And it's, if you don't know what it is, it's basically like you have really bad diarrhea and it, it can cause, you know, death, especially for older people. And they treat this with antibiotics if it comes back, it's usually worse and they have to do more antibiotics. So the antibiotics also kill your good bacteria. So it's just kind of this like compounding thing. So they thought, okay, well, why don't we just like do a fecal transplant with, you know, some healthy bacteria. And they found like amazing results uh, where the C. diff went away and they didn't have any more issues. Uh, I think it was like almost as high as like 80 something percent. And then for the people it didn't work on, they did another um, transplant and that like the four or like 20% that didn't, like 14% of that 20 then um, got better. So it, it was pretty cool to see. Wow. Yeah. Poop, who knew? Poop. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> Well, that's uh, that's pretty, that's pretty nuts. I mean, it, it's one of those things where like we, I mean, you, you think about that for a second, like we can get better from that part of it, but you, you, I, it, there's a couple things that you touched on there too. Like the bacteria changes in the gut that then changes how your, the rest of your body basically works, including digestion and, and the digestive system. So if your microbiome's off, you are probably not absorbing or digesting all of the quality nutrients that you even could be anyway. And therefore you're probably not getting optimal, um, you know, nutrient intake. You're probably not at an optimal position to burn fat or to build muscle or to perform. Like, I feel like this microbiome thing goes a lot longer than further than health. It actually goes into fat loss, muscle building and performance. Exactly. Cause like you said, if, if our gut's not healthy, it doesn't matter what we eat if we can't absorb those nutrients. I know there's always uh, uh, there's always discussion in my facility about probiotics and um, should you be doing it, should we not be doing it? You know, so give us your your thoughts on probiotics. Sure. So it's hard because like micro the microbiome and probiotics like this is all very new. Mm -hmm. So 
there's so many different strands of bacteria and depending on like, is it a cocktail of different um, bacteria? Is it just one bacteria? Um, and like Jordan was saying, everybody's microbiome is different. So it's really hard to test how effective um, one probiotic is going to be for the masses. So, I mean, you know, if you want to talk with your doctor and make sure everything's okay, you can add probiotics. Um, like choose one from a reputable source and then give it some time. If, you, if you're not noticing any improvement, you can switch to another brand. But then it's kind of like you have to put the investment of money and time in there as well. Um, however, you can eat fermented food because that's a good source of probiotics. Uh, so fermented foods are going to be things like um, your sauerkraut, um, kimchi, um, there are some other ones, uh, kefir, uh, yogurt, all those good things. I know, uh, so it's a little bit of a, like a hit or miss thing, like, because everyone's biome is different. So you mm -hmm. might be taking a, a probiotic and not be noticing a change, or you might take one and you notice a change, you need to try to kind of feed off how you're feeling, correct? Exactly. How your digestive system is like a good tell is look at your stools. If they're healthy, if they're solid, like that's a, a good indicator of a, of a healthy gut. Okay. So we, we, when I, when I, PN was like big on this part of it too, when going through it, they basically the, the summation of it, what I got from it is because there's so much that we don't know, but we know that there's certain types of like combination of, of the strands or uh, yeah, strands, strains, strands, whatever they are, strands or strains, um, or there's certain uh, ones that they know like help with certain types of things. It's best when choosing a probiotic that has the most strains possible so that because we don't really know like which ones work and which ones don't work. So you might as well get them all and then as many cultures as possible in the same supplement or the probiotic as well is what is what I kind of stood over uh, at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. a wise move or? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, making sure you buy from a reputable brand because it is something that's not very well regulated. So our, our prebiotics, um, our prebiotics, a thing, I, I, I think, I think from what I've seen in the research that prebiotics aren't quite as, um, they, they're, they're, they're not quite as con conclusive of them working as like probiotics are. Right, and so prebiotics are gonna be like the things that the probiotics kind of feed off of. And prebiotics are basically, you can, like fruits and vegetables, the fiber in there is gonna be like a prebiotic to help give you know your um, gut those, those healthy macs that they can eat. Back to those saccharides. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then, and then you touched on it too, um, is that like when people go on antibiotics, they, it kills some of the good bacteria that we have. So it's always wise for them if they're on antibiotics to do probiotics immediately following to help get that healthy gut bacteria back in, right? Yes, definitely. And that's kind of why, because they, like we need that healthy bacteria to have everything work, work well. Exactly. And so like the antibiotics, it's not um, designated between, oh, you're a good bacteria. You get to stay in the gut. It's just, you know, killing all the bacteria. So as the, our uh, gut is recolonizing with more bacteria, we wanna make sure that bacteria is good bacteria. And even as like with a lot of probiotics, 
all the bacteria doesn't stay in the gut. It, you know, goes through, but at least they're, well, while it's in there, it's like a placeholder. So it's like not allowing the bad bacteria to giving it space to build back up basically. Is there, is there anything that generally happens as we age, like other things in our body that just generally happen as we age that happens to our gut? For example, if we don't do anything, we begin to lose muscle mass over time or we lose bone density. So are there some things that happen in the gut and um, how would we know that's happening? Sure. So um, like inflammation is one thing where we just have this like chronic low grade inflammation and there's been a lot of studies that show that the microbiota can help with that. And um, if we're feeding our microbiota like good nutritious stuff, it's gonna produce basically these short chain fatty acids, which will help um, with that inflammation. So it'll help kind of, uh, yeah, help with inflammation basically. Um, and then the other thing as people age, there's a lot of change um, with like activities. Most people as they age, you might see like a decrease in activity. You might see um, a decrease in their fiber intake. You know, if tastes go down, um, smell goes down, and then depending on the person, if they're not able to choose some of like the hardier, you know, fruits and vegetables, that can change their, their food choices. So they may not be getting the fiber and then in turn, that kind of is like a big compounding effect. Mm -hmm. Is there a, is there a fiber intake that you recommend? Like a an amount? Yeah, an amount. An amount, sure. So it's recommended about fourteen grams per thousand calories that you eat. So like roughly twenty eight for females, thirty five for males. Good. And if they go. Um, if they go under that, what, what kind of could happen then to the gut? If let's say if they're not getting enough fiber. If they're not getting enough fiber, we're not gonna be getting the, the good food to the, to the gut. And then the gut is then gonna go to that um, mucus lining to try to get the food from the gut. So kind of bringing it back full circle, like that's how the, <laughs> the, the power of fibers is, is there. And, and people don't really realize like what it actually does for us. And, and I think, like you started with it today in this and then now we can kind of like double back and look at that again now that people understand more like oh like okay that's why i need my fiber right <laughs> so give us an example of some high fibrous foods it might sound very basic things that we know but there's a lot of people out there that you know they have no idea hey i don't even know that's a carbohydrate i mean you'll have that any kind of fiber in it so give us examples from high fiber foods sure so like um, you could do apples, you could, like, basically any fruit or vegetable is mm -hmm. going to contain fiber. Um, beans are going to contain fiber. Um, your whole grains are going to contain fiber. And then is there different types of fiber, like soluble versus insoluble? There are, yep. Does it matter how much we get of either one? So, like, you, you want a healthy mix of both. Basically, your insoluble fiber is going to, like, bulk up your stool, help it pass through. Your soluble is gonna help um, like with like some cholesterol and stuff. Perfect, perfect. Um, we, we talked a little bit about 
like how the gut kind of impacts and the microbiome kind of impacts everything else. Uh, but there is a, there's a, a, a lot of nervous system stuff that's involved with this too, correct? Like there's a lot of stuff that the brain sends signals to like our emotions and our feelings play a major role in how the gut microbiome um, is operating. Can you, can you talk a little bit more in depth on that? Yeah. So uh, the vagus nerve basically starts at a brainstem, travels all the way down to the colon, and that is like a super highway of communication for our gut and our brain. So there's information going both ways, uh, but it's a, it's a way to allow the brain to know what's going on. It can it affects our digestion, um, like you said, mood. So uh, they've actually done like studies with mice in microbiota where they had like a tall thing for mice to like go off of and they had these mice that were sterile so there was no microbiome and they they timed how long it took for the mice to get down from this versus the um microbiome of mice that didn't have a sterile gut and they had you know the normal microbiome and by trans, um, transplanting the microbiome into the sterile one, they could see that the, um, the time changed. So there was, um, there was a little bit more anxiety with that um, transplant. So and it, the other thing is the gut is a big um, producer of serotonin, which is like our happy feel-good hormone. Um, so that's, that's one thing that can kind of transfer both ways and help us feel good. Basically having more serotonin from eating better and taking care of your gut can actually make us like happier and feel better. Yeah. And actually a lot of like antidepressants regulate serotonin. So it's interesting if you can make sure you're eating healthy to get enough serotonin, that's very helpful. Very interesting because a lot of times you'll hear like the word comfort food, right? Or like people will, will, will go towards their comfort foods or their, um, their, uh, their, their, their emotional trigger eating foods when at, at the end of it, like they usually feel bad when they do it, right? Especially if they are struggling with that emotional attachment to food, but it also can physically um, or biologically, physiologically um, make them feel worse. Yeah, in the long term, like right now, like in the immediate, they'll probably get a little surge of serotonin, they'll feel good, but then long term, it's not good for it, the serotonin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On, on, on this topic, just a little bit, it's a little bit of diversion right now. We have so many people at home right now that aren't normally home all day long. And in all my communications that I'm having with my clients, are they just find themselves probably from boredom, but they just craving foods they don't normally crave. And if they have it in the house or eating things they don't normally eat. So is there something that's going on that's causing that craving to occur? So, I mean, stress alters cravings. And right now we have a a very high potential for stress, right? So, I mean, I I would assume that's probably playing into it. Um, When we're stressed, typically people tend to crave more of the sugary carbohydrates. Right. Just can't happen in the house. Right. Yeah. Like the biggest thing is like set your environment up for success. Um, and I think it's so important. Like right now, 
with it being a stressful environment, let, if we set ourselves up for success, it's just going to help us so much with our mood, how we feel, because if we're getting the, you know, fruits and vegetables, healthy foods, it's just going to help keep our mood good throughout this whole thing. Yeah. And they, they talk about the, like you mentioned, the vagus nerve and the vagal nervous system. It's, it's a big, 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 big system. And, and is, is correct me if I'm wrong on this. It's, it's a one, it's a one communication way. The vagal nerve sends all the signals to the brain, right? It doesn't, it's not the other way around. There is a, a majority, like 80, 90% is to the brain and 10 okay. to 20. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff then that's happening in our gut, since that's got the major receptors and then through our whole digestive system all the way down to the colon, um, like that, that, that's constantly giving the brain communication every day. And the brain's kind of this, it's, it's the control hub. It's the, it's the epicenter of every, how everything's happening in our body. It's how hormones and, and all this stuff's going to be changing and how the brain's going to send those to our muscles to do their thing and fat loss to do its thing. So in turn, and we all know like eating healthy and exercising, moving, all this stuff, but the more you can take care of your gut, the better off you're going to be like happy gut, happy, everything. Yeah, exactly. So with longevity, we're always talking about, you know, good nutrition, fruits, vegetables, and some lean meats, some lean proteins. How do proteins affect the gut, the different kinds of proteins? Because I know with us, um, sometimes, you know, there's studies that show that people who are on um, vegan diets have a tendency to a little bit longer. And we're not really quite sure if that's because it's a whole lifestyle change that they've made or it's just the fact that they've stayed away from meats because there are people in the world that in the blue zones that do eat meat sometimes and they're able to live a long, long time. So where do, where do the proteins come into play with all this? Sure. So there is some research that shows that red meat can interact with your micro microbiome to basically create byproducts that can increase heart disease. Um, so, you know, red meat's a little bit more sparingly. Mm -hmm. Okay. What, what type of, sorry, Chris, um, go ahead. I, I can save my question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, what, what type of red meat are we talking about? Like, is it all red meat or is it um, specific types of red meat? Uh, so in the studies I've read, I think they've just used the term red meat. So I don't know what, um, what's, I would just assume multiple all red meat, but uh, unless have you seen studies that kind of show specifics. And is it the, is it the fat in the red meat? Is that, was that, is that what causes some of that? Yeah, saturated fat from the and red the, meat. Yeah, and I know Chris and I have talked about it before. It was the, um, Chris, was it the, was it the night, the nitrides? Was it the nitrides in the red meat? Is that what was going on or the night? What was the? Um, let me see. I, I think it creates um, TMAO, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Yep. Which is, which could be a cause for heart disease, if I remember correctly. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I, I eat red meat sometimes. You have to sometimes. I mean, you don't have to, but I enjoy it sometimes, mm -hmm. so I do. Right. You know, so I don't have it every night. And I think it's in moderation, too. If you're having a, if you're incorporating, like, fruits and vegetables at all your meals, and I know, like, precision nutrition, like, half your plate, veggies, you know, a little bit of fruit and stuff, um, 
that is a majority of your plate being uh, produce and fiber and good things for your gut. So it's not having like half your plate red meat at every meal. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Perfect. Um, I think that was the, those were the big things that uh, I wanted to get across. Just talking about like the vagal nervous system and then just like the gut itself and how it's important. Um, how can we help it? Um, I don't know, Chris, do you have anything else that you wanted to ask like towards longevity? Um, no, I think just that, you know, the main thing that we need to take from this is that you need to continue to eat well throughout life. And if you can eat well throughout life, if you can get all the fruits and the vegetables and get the correct nutrients, it's going to help us live us longer. Like we said a minute ago, like a good gut, everything is good. You're happier, you're moving better, you're performing better, you're sleeping better. Everything is just better. If you're giving your body the better foods, it allows your body to perform better inside chemically in, in the gut. So um, no, I think that that really just sums it up for me and my my clients. You got to kind of keep it simple sometimes. You know, we get a little nerdy into what's going on in the body and they need to know and understand. Get half of that dish filled with fruits and vegetables. You know, have it at every single meal. Um, you know, this and, and sometimes I do get uh, uh, the questions. Um, like, you know, I told I was on a podcast and they talked about, you know, that I do some um, intermittent fasting. So right away, people are like, well, wait a minute, you just told me I need to be eating breakfast. I need to be eating five or six times a day. I think you always need to understand it's, it's about what your goal is and what you're trying to accomplish and where you are in life. And that's really how you kind of determine what you need to be doing. This is what I do right now because I'm concerned with living longer. So um, that's, that's kind of what I, you know, the, the, the take that I take from things and how I look at things, where are you at? What's your goal? This is really what you need to do. But basically it always almost comes down to make sure you get enough fruits and vegetables, make sure you get enough fiber and you, you know, get, getting some lean proteins in your diet. And, and that's what it really comes down to. I mean, it sounds like if you do all the right things that we coach people on anyway, you're going to be pretty good shape. Not yeah. to, and, and if somebody, somebody's watching this and thinking like, oh gosh, now they're talking about the gut, so I have another thing to worry about. <laughs> it's it's it, it, like we're not having another thing to worry about. Like this, this is all taken care of if you're doing what you're supposed to. And chances are, like now, like Suzanne said, this is this is um, this is like new territory. Like it's still there's still a ton of unknown, um, but we know how important this is now. So it's yeah. it's just because now we're able. Like I, I talk I talked to this about our golfers. Like we we always knew that there was like movement could be your your movement. Um, uh, characteristics could dictate your golf characteristics, like affect your golf swing. But now, now with TPI stuff, we know how it does. Like we can get, we can get super predicted and, um, and basically tell you like how you're going to swing based on how you move. Uh, so essentially we're, we're, we're mapping out the gut so that we can, we can tell how you work and, and, and all that other stuff. Like we know more now. I, I think too, that people should understand this, that, you know, if you're not feeling well, if it doesn't, if your gut doesn't feel well, I know in my facility, I'm, I'm not a dietitian, you know, I'm PN certified in that. Go to a professional, go to someone like Suzanne and, and get their knowledge because the industry is changing. They're learning so much about the body. There's just so much I know for me to try to keep track of and to try to learn that I can't. You know, I honestly, I can't. So I always try to refer out to a professional like Suzanne because if you're not feeling well, and it could be from your nutrition. So you should talk to a professional about it. Suzanne, do you have virtual coaching, anything like that, that somebody could like, like reach out to you and talk to you about this stuff? 
I do, definitely. Yeah, I'm happy to always talk with anybody. I come from a very simple approach, like just talk, figure out what your goals are. Like what Chris was saying, it's like you got to do what's going to get you to your goals and figure out how to do that in a realistic way um, and figure out what changes like are you willing to make and and start with one thing and then build on that. I like the power of the one thing. What's um what's the one thing if someone's worried about this right now or if they think in their guts in a little bit of rough shape, what's the one thing that you would that you would say that they could do right now? Like is it is it as simple as eating more fruits and vegetables? I mean that would be a great place to start for sure. Yeah. Cool. I mean it's not it's not it's not anything really new um to the extent of why we should be doing what we're doing, but now we just know more uh more information as to how important this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's, it just kind of like re-solidifies why you should eat more fruits and vegetables. And yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so I'll put, uh, I'll put in the, in the comments below here, guys, uh, how to get a hold of Suzanne. If you want to talk to a registered dietitian, obviously most of us have an access, access to somebody um, when things are normal, but with abnormal situations like we have going on right now, uh, it might be nice to talk to somebody else virtually and get some information. So I'll put that down there. But um, yeah, it, it, Chris and Suzanne, if you guys got any last words on the gut microbiome or anything that you'd like to add, uh, we can we can do that now. Um, otherwise, if there's yeah, if there's anything that you want to leave people with, just uh, aside from what we already talked about, floor is yours. I, I think it was terrific information. I think it, it was great information. We learned a little bit more why it's important to eat those fruits and vegetables, not just because our mother told us to, or not because our coach told us to, but it really, really can affect everything in our body. So I really appreciate Suzanne coming on with us today and giving us that knowledge. Uh, it's knowledge that I wouldn't be able to give forth to people. So I really appreciate it. I thought it was excellent. Thank, Thank you. you so much. All right. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate talking with both of you guys. It was fun. I always like talking about anything nutrition related. So um, yeah, and then I think for those out there, just like Jordan was saying, focus on one small change um, and build off it. Don't think you have to make, eat vegetables at every single meal, seven days a week. If right now you're eating a vegetable once a week, start with small changes. Maybe it's just eating a vegetable at, you know, dinner three times a week and then just build on that, so. I like it. I like it. The power of the, the lowest hanging fruit, pun intended there, if you will, uh, <laughs> that, we're, that we're going after here. But yeah, guys, thanks. It's always a pleasure. Um, I know, Suzanne, we've talked about this topic. I think it was last summer. I think, we, I, think we, we, I mentioned it to you last summer, and I don't even know how the topic came up, but you said like, yeah, I'm doing a course on it. I'm like, what? And then <laughs> eight months later, <laughs> conversations with the board, like, you were like, hey, Suzanne's got this... Uh, microbiome stuff that she's doing and he's like what we got to talk to him like, i know yeah so it only it only took a COVID 19 pandemic to get us on there to do that right <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well thanks for joining the show uh i hope you guys are staying healthy staying well and and uh staying staying keeping your gut healthy uh, all those good things and and obviously if anybody has any questions post them in the comments below we'll, we'll be happy to answer them and if i don't if i don't know the answer uh, i'm gonna take suzanne so that she can help too but um, as always, we appreciate everybody watching. We'll see you next week back and better than ever to the Community Fitness Podcast. Once again, I'm Jordan Rudolph, founder of Unity Fitness and your host. And if you'd like us to do any episodes in the future on something that you are particularly interested about or that you want to know more about, let us know. We'd be happy to do it. Otherwise, we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks, Chris. And thanks, Suzanne. And tell Mike we said hi. Bye. <laughs>